Come on, put those hands together and bless God in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And can we celebrate Pastor and his wife? Come on. Celebrate God for Pastor and his wife. Hallelujah. He's doing a tremendous work over here. I know it. It's, you can't. You can't have anything like this happen without coming up against opposition, without coming up against all types of stuff. So when you have, when you see a shift of God like this, that is evidence that God is with this man of God and this woman of God. So come on, let's celebrate God one more time for them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. I might need I, I might need a little volume because I I don't have that uh that deep voice like Pastor Joe has. So I I won't be before you long. I want to just share a little bit what I have and then we're gonna get back into the I guess to the classroom, right? Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Zechariah. I just love you guys worship. That just that just really since sets sets me on fire. And I know if it does something for me, I just know how I can imagine how God feels about it. Worship puts us in the presence of God. Praise put God's God in our presence because the Bible said he inhabit our praises, the praises of his, of his people. But worship puts us in his presence. That's what worship does. And I love worship. I love worship. Zechariah chapter three. Verse number one. Um, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. So it says, then the, then the guiding angel showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at Joshua's right hand to be his adversary and accuse him. And the Lord said, said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord who now habitually chooses Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this returned captive Joshua a brand plucked out of fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. And he spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to Joshua, behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you. And I will clothe you with rich apparel. And the angel of the Lord solemnly and earnestly protested and affirmed to Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then also you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you access to my presence and places to walk among these who stand here. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, you and your colleagues who usually sit before you, for they are men who are a sign of or omen types of what is to come. That's, that's very, you got to be very clear with that. They are types of what is to come. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch, Jesus. For behold, upon the stone which I have set before Joshua, upon that one stone are even seven eyes or facets the all-embracing providence of God and the seven-fold radiations of the Spirit of God. Behold, I will carve upon it its inscription, saying, The Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity and guilt of this land in one single day. What I want to bring to our attention 
this afternoon is simply what's in the past is in the past. This scripture that I just read in Zechariah chapter 1, I read verses 1 through 9 from the Amplified, just, just talks about a high priest named Joshua whom was chosen by God. And when God chose him, this high priest, he chose him in a volatile situation or point in his life because Joshua didn't appear before God dressed in white. He didn't appear before God with everything in his life going all well. He didn't stand before God perfect, having done anything wrong. He didn't stand before God faultless. He stood before God filthy. And it's ironic that when the moment he stood before God, the moment God chose him, guess who shows up? Satan. And it's it, and it's it, and it's it, it's it's symbolic to me to know that every time when God is about to elevate the body, the church individual, the enemy always shows up. And if you're not if you're not spiritually mature or aware enough to know that whenever God is about to shift you, whenever God is about to elevate, whenever God is about to put you put you in the in the path of destiny, you better understand that the enemy will always be there to bring accusation against you. You better understand that he will not only bring accusation, but he will bring your past. Oh, God, that's real good. He will try to watch this. He will try to attempt to remind you of what you did to make you disqualify yourself. That's his assignment. That's his role. And I know as a pastor, as a senior pastor, I know just standing here every time God is. And and the thing about the move of God, the apostolic move of God, it's always moving. It's never at a at a going back state. It's always going forward. He's always moving forward. He's always going day by day. We go from faith to faith to from glory to what? Always moving forward. And here's what happened. The enemy showed up at a time of, watch this, elevation, at a time of, of, of transition, at a time of shifting. And he showed up to resist Joshua, not God. That's good because here, here's what that tells me. No matter what happened, the enemy will fight against me. His fight is not against God. His fight is against me. So here's what happened. Because God chose Joshua. He chose Joshua just like he chose us when we are in sin and all jacked up and all messed up and some stuff. Things just ain't going right in our life. And here comes God pulling us out of the fire. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God pulled Joshua out of the fire like he did Jerusalem. He said, is this not the branch that I've chosen? What that's saying, that, that's saying that if we believe that God is perfect in everything that he do, we say it, he's excellent, he's, he's, he's magnificent, he don't make any mistakes. If we believe that, then when he chose us, when he chose some crackhead or some, some prostitute or some whore, some dope addict, if he chose them, don't we think that God don't make mistakes? How dare we challenge God on the choosing, no matter when. See, and see, the thing about God, he don't choose perfect people because he's perfect. He's perfecting the unperfect. I, I, need, I, know, I know that's real good. So here's what happened. He chose Joshua in an unperfect situation. Joshua was filthy. He pulled him out of the fire, and he made an example out of him. And here's what, he, here's, here's what the devil did. He tried to bring accusation, accusation against him. He resisted him. He tried to resist him. He tried to, isn't it funny how, watch this. The man was in the fire, right? The Bible says, I pulled this, the branch I pulled out of the fire. That's in verse number 
3, I believe. He says, is not this the branch I put out in fire like Jerusalem? Now watch this. I wonder who lit the fire. I believe it was the devil who lit the fire and the devil who caused the fire. And now here it is, the same person who caused the fire, the same person who turned up the fire is now there to, to, to bring accusation. It's messed up how we can sometimes have some friends that have some folk we roll with and some folk we get along with and folk we get in trouble with. And those same folks sometimes when God is about to shift us and elevate us will be there trying to bring accusation. Will be there to say you're not qualified. Will be there to say how can you get promoted? How can you get established? How can God shift you to a better place? Oh God! And and you should know that that's the enemy talking. That's the enemy talking because any time the Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren, he is the one that would always try to remind us of what we did. But let me help you today. I feel God. He says to this. He says this. If I've all if I've chosen you before the foundations of the world, that's what he said in, in Jeremiah chapter one. I've I've known you before you and your mom before your mommy and daddy got together. I knew you. And he said, if I knew you and if I chose you, I knew everything you was going to do when you did it. So how dare we tell God we're not qualified? Mm. How dare we tell God we're not qualified to get married? We're not qualified to, to have, have a huge ministry. We're not qualified to, de- to, do, to demonstrate the power of God. We're not qualified to lay hands on the sick. We're not qualified to pray for folks. We're not, how dare we tell God when God knew us before we even got here? I know I'm trying to help somebody. So here it is. Oftentimes our past, if you're anything like me, Oftentimes, my past will try to come up on me and sneak up on you and try to distract you from what God is doing in the today. He said in Jeremiah chapter 53, behold, I will do a new thing. Actually, in verse number in verse number 17, he says something like this. Remember not the things of old, nor consider them. He said this. Don't occupy your don't let your mind be occupied with what happened in the past. If I, I would dare ask any of you right now in the room, what's in your mind right now? And most of us, we spend all our life with our mind. And what, when spending all our life with our mind, that causes us to be comfortable with some old fleshly, worldly thoughts. I, could, I dare say that one of the most damaging things to the body, to, to, to believers, is our own mind, is our own thinking. What we think about ourselves. That's why Jesus said, let this mind be in you. That's also in Christ Jesus. That's why Paul wrote, he said, forget those things which are behind. You got to press toward. Because if we, if, we, if we consent to some of our own thinking about ourself, which has, which, which, let me tell you, which has been conducive to what other folk have said about us before we were saved, we would be damaged believers. Having faith today, but no hope tomorrow. No, I know, I know, I know. So, so the challenge to us, number one, is to have our mind shift. I dare you to stop thinking about yourself the way you used to. Mm. Because the moment we can grab hold on to what God is doing and watch this, this, this very example of what God did to the high priest, that's, that's very clear because you've got to understand, this is not the Joshua from the Old Testament, the one that took him to over into Jericho. This is Joshua, a typical, uh, uh, a, a, a representative of the church. The, the Bible calls him a high priest. Which means he's talking to believers right now. Oh God, I know he's not. It's not about sinners. Sinners, sinners, they cool with what they are. 
They just need some direction on who can help them get out of it. But this right here is talking to the church to let us know, to understand, yeah, we're not perfect. We've made some mistakes, and we're going to make some. But that does not disqualify God's power from, from being in operation in our life. The enemy would love for you to for, love for you to cuss somebody out today, and then when you walk into the hospital and say you can't pray for him because you just sinned and committed sin against God. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know, I know. But let me help you with something. When you when we get to that place where we want to disqualify ourselves from being promoted in the spirit realm, that that means now we're taking the grace and the glory of God and casting it back and said, I got here on my own. I understand that every day I wake up, it's by the grace of God. Every time I get a mic in my hand, it's by the grace of God. Every time I pray for somebody, it's by the grace of God. One of the reasons, pastors, why we stop, why we stop seeing miracles and signs and wonders in the church is because we're trying to do it in and of ourselves. But the moment we say, God, we're weak, we're filthy, we can't do nothing without you, that's the moment we'll see the real power of God being manifested in the church like never before. You got to understand now the apostles, they walk through the streets. They walk understanding their inadequacies. Paul walked understanding I'm the worst of sinners. I'm the chief of sinners. I've had folk murdered before because of what I used to believe. And now I understand the power of God is so awesome in my life. If it had not been for him on my side, they're trying to kill me over there, but I'm trying to get some folks saved over there. I cannot let my past dictate my future. God is doing something in today, and I, I know I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm talking to somebody. Maybe it's just me I'm preaching to, that this shift is happening in the body of Christ. There's a shift happening where we're, we're, we're not going to be so sin conscious more than we're going to be, watch this, saving conscious. We're not going to be so sin conscious where we're not going to, uh, where we're not going to look at what we've done and not allow the love of God to flow through us. See, that's what, that, that's what hinders the love of God in our life. What hinders the love of God in our life is when we're critical of ourselves. And you can't tell me, you cannot, I can't tell myself that I'm so critical of myself or I can't not be critical of somebody else. Because that's where judging and that's where criticism starts, right here. It starts right here. The moment I wake up and say, man, look at my, my I'm, I'm not, I'm looking, I'm just all messed up. My clothes wrinkled, my, 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 I'm not, I don't smell good. My hair may be a little nappy and all this other stuff. The moment I be judgmental and criti- criti- critical of myself, I, I know it's going to be shifted from me to some, as a man thinking. So is he. That's what the Bible says. So I can't get it. So now what I have to do, what, what we have to do now is stop being so critical. Of ourselves. That way, when we, because we, if we can learn to love ourselves for who we are, then we can love those those people, those men and women of God for who they are. Ah, that's that's a shift. That's a that's a transition of in the church that we have to adopt today. Can't wait for tomorrow. Can't wait for next year. Can't wait for the next generation. We have to get it done today. We have to start with ourselves. So understand now, the enemy shows up. The enemy shows up, and he shows up to resist the move of God. That's why through this whole process, here, 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 here's another thing that God just spoke to me. Through this whole process, through this whole shifting that God was doing, Joshua never said nothing. It was the Lord who spoke because it was the enemy who was challenging God's decision. 
Oh, you got to understand when God chose you, it was his decision. Mm. That's good. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, God chose you. It was his decision. It was his decision. So you want to get mad at somebody when I get blessed? Don't blame me. Blame God. Don't, don't, don't hate on me because God is elevating and promoting me. You go ahead and blame him because he chose. It was his decision. Oh, God, that's, that's real. It was his choosing. It was his decision. He woke up one day and said, I'm going to pour him out of the fire and fix him and clean him and change his life. It was his choice. We didn't choose God. God chose us. He's the master plan. Am I helping anybody yet in here? Verse number three. Joshua, the Bible says, he was clothed in filthy garments and standing before the angel never said nothing. I'm sorry, I skipped skipped the part. The Lord said, the, the, the Bible says, the Lord rebuked Satan. The Lord shut his mouth. Let me help you. Whenever anybody tries to remind you of your past, you don't have to fight it. You don't have to defend yourself because most Christians, we're in court every day. We're in court of the public opinion. Every day. How can you tell me you're not who you used to be? I don't have to defend myself. Mm, I know, I know, I know. We're in the court of opinion, even within ourselves. We always watch this, trying to, trying to agree. God, I don't know if I should say this. But sometimes we, are, we, we agree with the world, want to make everybody feel comfortable. Want to make everybody feel okay. But let me help you. The first church, they had an issue with, with the world. And the world had an issue with the first church. Matter of fact, they had an issue with them that was so intense they killed them. Most of the apostles was murdered because of their profession, because of what they believed. Here, here it is. But we're in this church today. We want to, be, we want to make everybody feel comfortable, make everybody feel okay. No wonder homosexuals feel okay with going into the churches now. Because we've adopted a mentality that everybody should, we should just love everybody. We should just, you know, be okay. You know, everybody be okay. But that's not the way the Lord did it. God, Elijah said something that was so pivotal that changed the whole nation's mindset. Elijah said something like this. Choose today whom you're going to serve. Which means serving God will make the world feel uncomfortable. Somehow following God will make my, my, my family sometimes, may, 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 may choose, they may choose someday to not like me. Because some principle that God has put out down into my spirit, not just on the Bible, but he says, I'm going to write my law into your heart now. He said, maybe someday some decision I may wake up and choose to do something different may cause them to not like me. Because Jesus said, I come to set mother against daughter, father against son. I come to disrupt the house. I ain't say that. That's what the Bible say. That's, that's what the Bible say. That's what, which means some things I may believe, they may not believe. Some things I may agree with God, they may not agree with God. Some things I may choose, one of the principles I may choose to follow God, and they may not agree with it. So that may cause us to be divided. Oh, God, I know, I know. I know. Let me get back to this. So here it is. The Bible says the Lord rebukes Satan. You don't have to open your mouth when you're in the court of public opinion. If God chose you, he'll be your defense. Amen. He'll defend you. He, didn't cho- he, he did not choose you 
to let you go through the public, the court of public opinion by yourself. Amen. That's that's good news. What what that means? That means he said that the old the old church would say it like this: He's a lawyer in the courtroom. <laughs> He's a doctor in the sick room. That's that's real. That's that's real. That's real old. That's real way back there. But he is though. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. The Bible says this. I'm almost done. Here, O Joshua. No, I'm sorry. Verse number seven. I'm dropping down a little bit. No, verse number four. And he spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to Joshua, Behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with rich apparel. There's a shift happening in the ministry, in the church, where now God is shifting. He's, he's causing us, watch this, to, to be stripped off of all those things that would appear not only to other men but to him as filthy. And he's causing a change of garments, which means, watch this, in the church world, we, we, we would allow, sometimes, not maybe not here, but I know some churches, they would allow homosexuals to be musicians. They would allow other individuals to do different things. And God says, I'm shifting that thing because I'm bringing order back into the church. I'm bringing order back into the house. I'm bringing order back because walking with God, he will cause you to do something like this. You either live for me today. Or you're going to die today. Oh, y'all don't, y'all don't believe that. Let me, finish, let me finish the statement. Choose this day whom you will serve. And everybody who said we're going to serve Baal, Elijah got his swords. And they went out and killed. Oh, y'all don't know that. Y'all don't know. Y'all, okay. Y'all, I, let, me, let me get back to this. Let, 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 let me. Walking with God will cause bloodshed. Cause pain. Cause hurt cause folk to look at you like something wrong with you. It will cause you to be alone sometimes. Cause you to it'll it'll cause all types of all types of 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 thoughts to come into your mind that will almost make you want to quit. I know what I'm talking about cuz I've been there. Matter of fact, I know Elijah was there because after that great stand he had against the against the prophets of Baal, he the, the next thought he had was I got to run because I'm afraid. Let me help you. This shift also will cause you to be frightened by some stuff. I ain't say having the spirit of fear because the spirit of fear will paralyze you and will cause us not to move at all. That's the spirit of fear. That's what his job is. But I'm talking about just being frightened by what God is doing. No man know what God is up to but God. Now watch this. Watch this. When Elijah was frightened, that did not make him any less of a prophet. He just ran. He just he just chose to run. And his next thought was, I should be dead. God killed me. Why you let me do all this stuff? Here's a thought, and I think I'm done right here. When this shift comes, when the shift is the, the shift of promotion, the shift of elevation happens in our life. You know it's God because the enemy is resisting you. You know it's God because your past is trying to trying to hinder you. You know it's God when you when you look at your imperfections. You know it's God when God causes you to look at yourself and say, "Man, God, I know this is you because you you putting me in a place where I couldn't have thought myself in. You putting me in a place where I couldn't have bought my way in. You putting me in a place where 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 no no matter how many friends I got, I still wouldn't be here. So I know it's you." 
I know it's you based on the level of attack that's, attack that's coming against my life. I know it's you. When I'm up all night praying, when I used to be praying for about five minutes, but now I find myself praying for five hours all night long, wondering what, God, you're about to do next in my life. I know it's you. And here's what that shift will cause. Sometimes it'll, 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 the shift will be so fast and so, and so, so awesome and so unique. It'll cause you to be a little frightened. God, what is this you're doing in my life? Never have I been here before. Never have I drank from these waters before. Never have I ate this bread before. It was so, it, it, it's so unique to my life, God. I don't know what's going to happen next. And then all of a sudden it gets quiet. Oh, God, what do you mean quiet? What do you mean quiet? Quiet because nobody else can talk to you because they don't understand you. They don't understand what God is doing. They don't know what understand what 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 shift that, that just took place in your life. They don't under, they can't communicate to you, and you can't even communicate effectively to them. Can't communicate what just happened because you know they won't understand. Can't communicate effectively because you know if you start talking kingdom, start talking the apostolic shift, they can't figure it out. They won't give you an answer. So then the, what the shift does, it put us in a, we're in the classroom, right? It put us in a testing position. Because you know when you're being tested, you can't talk. It's all shh. It's a test going on. You can't talk to your neighbor, and your neighbor can't talk to you. It's a test. What, what, what kind of test? The kind of test that Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy, study to show yourself approved. I think I'm done. A workman needed not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Believe it or not, and I think I'm, I'm done right here. When you study the Bible, the promotion or the shift will happen because of what you then got from here and put in here. And you will be tested off what's in here. And when a test comes, shh, now it's time to see if you've been studying. Time to see if you've been studying and not be ashamed. Well, what will cause shame? What will cause shame? What will cause shame is when I need to call my prayer partner to help me get through this. What do you mean? Because I've been saved long enough to know that if I trust him, even when I can't trace him, everything is going to be all right. I know this is heavy. Are y'all looking at me strange? Y'all okay? <laughs> what causes us to be ashamed is when we've been saved more than more than two weeks, more than two years, knowing a little bit about God. And we have to find a babe, a Christian to help us help pray us through some stuff. And Paul said, by now you should be mature. You should know some of this stuff. You should know that. That weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You should know that, okay, I, okay, I feel, I feel oppressed, but, but there is something about God. The Bible says that the, that the joy of the Lord gives me strength. You should know that by now. Am I, I think I'm done, right? I think I'm done, Pastor. I think I'm done. Come on, let's pray. Let me pray. Let me pray for you all because I know I need to pray. Come on, y'all. Stand on your feet. I think that's 15 minutes. I think I've, I've finished it. I thank God for the word, oh God. I believe the shift is coming to somebody in this room because 
I, I know that message was, maybe it was for me, but I know that in this time, in this season, many of us have been challenged with some personal challenges, some personal attacks that, been, that, that may have caused us to have a, a pause in our walk with God to ask God, God, where are you in all of this? Where are you in all of this stuff that's going on? Where are you in all of this stuff? I feel God in this place. But we have to be in a place where we can, we have to trust him even when we can't trace him. We have to be in a place where we have to trust that everything that we've ever done, everything, every harm that we ever caused, everyone that we've ever offended, as long as we forgave those who, who who've caused us harm and caused us pain. God will forgive us and remember it no more. Ah, who can bring a charge to God's elect? It's under the blood. 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 Huh. We have to have a confidence in God that's so strong that no matter what comes, no matter what goes, we will stand for the cause of Christ. But what was his cause? His cause was to come and seek those and save those which were lost. Those who he has chosen even before the foundations of the world. Under the devils. It's not ours to decide who can be saved or who can't. Uh, it's not ours to choose who can, who's qualified enough to walk in with the mantle of God and who's not. He does the choosing. He's done the choosing. He's done it already. He's excellent in all of his ways. He's perfect. He's awesome. He don't make mistakes. That's why he said, who can bring a charge to God's elect? And since he chose us without question, he will defend us. He will, ven he will have vengeance for us. He will protect us. He will deliver us. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. We thank you so much for having access to you. Even in this hour, even in this season, we thank you, God. For letting us know that it was you who chose us. It was you who justified us. It was you who redeemed us. It was you who are causing this change in our life. And we're bringing you glory on today as empty vessels mm, full of your treasure, full of your anointing, full of your word. 
Now, Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice who's been being attacked by their past. I pray now that deliverance will come to break the thought of the past. To pull down every thought that was not yours in their minds. Right now, I declare faith esteem to be established. I didn't come to build self-esteem because that's selfish. I speak to the faith now that we have faith esteem. Build our faith, Lord, even now. That we may not trust in our own strength. We may not trust in our own will. We may not trust in our own wisdom. But I declare now that your thoughts will be our thoughts. Come on and pray. I declare now that your ways will be our ways. I trade in those evil thoughts. I trade in those discouraging thoughts. I trade in those thoughts that will cause me to be hindered even now in my walk with you. And I accept your thoughts for my life. I accept your words for my life. I accept what you are thinking for my life. I hear you talking in Jeremiah saying, I know the thoughts that I think toward you and they are good and they will bring you to an expected end. I know God that you are faithful God to finish the work that you have started in us even now. You are faithful God to finish what you have started. We we may not be what we ought to be right now God, but I believe God every day we are becoming that which you have seen already. That what you have spoken over our life already. We are what you have said, what you said we are right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare liberation from the past. I declare liberation from the past. I declare liberation from the past. In the name of Jesus, it's under the blood. It's forgiven. It's forgotten. It is as it, it, it if it's never happened. It's done. It's over. It's over. It's done. There's a shift happening happening even now. There's a shift happening even now. We are who God said we are. We are who God said we are. We are prophets. We are priests. We are kings. We are his chosen. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We are this chosen generation. We are who God said we are. The earth is waiting. The earth is waiting for the manifestation of you. I feel that. The earth is waiting for you to show up. The earth is waiting for you to show up. The earth is waiting for you to show up. Yes, God. I hear the Lord saying in the spirit realm, stop trying to be like your predecessors. I hear him saying, be who you are in him. I can't be Pastor Joe. 
As much as I love him, as much as I see the hand of God on his life, I can't be him. He can be the best Pastor Joe that he is. And you can be the best you that you are. Yes, Lord. God is saying you, we have to learn how to love ourselves for who we are. He chose us. He chose you individually. Plucked out of the fire. He chose you individually to be who you are in him. Father God, I thank you so much. Can you just put your arms around yourself and just love on yourself? God, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Come on and love on yourself. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on and encourage yourself and say, it's going to be all right. It's already all right. It's already all right. I am who God says I am. Mm. I am who God says I am. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. I am who God says I am. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Let's just sing that chorus. Here I am, take me. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Sing it again. Just spread your arms open wide one more time. Here I am, Jesus.
I stand here. I stand here. Yes, we do, God. Arms open wide. Now, Lord, I surrender. Jesus. Come on, let, let these last few moments seal that message in your heart today. Let even the words of this worship song be the anthem of your life. You're surrendering to God. It's all about His will for your life. Just one more time, I surrender. Thank you, God. bless the Lord for the word of God, for the man of God. Amen. As you're just making your way back to your seats, I just want to confirm that word. Just keep playing for me just a few moments, please. Just want to confirm that word over your life that what you just heard, the basis of that message, not your will, but my will be done. I'm not who I say I am or who others say I am. I am who God says I am. That, that message will be the message for the rest of your life. That is one of those messages, Bishop, that they will never forget. Mark this down. Write it in your Bible. Encircle that chapter because it was presented to you so beautifully. While he was preaching, every major test of my life was confirmed in that word. And that short 20-minute word, am I telling the truth? When I resigned, I'm about ready to cry, seeing my wife cry right there, let the tears flow. When I resigned from the church, that's what I dealt when I When I left Bible college, that's what I dealt with in that test. When I left Metro Praise New Orleans, that's what I dealt with. When we left uh, the church that I worked at here in the city, that's what I dealt with. When I came to move into this new building, that's what you will always deal with that. So if you'll mark this down and know that it's just a test, making a testimony. And I love what he said. You just just get quiet. Don't complain. Don't have pity patty parties for yourself. That just makes it harder and makes it last longer. You look at the children of Israel. They went around that desert. And the more they complained, the more they were there. So, brother, we just thank you for that. It just confirmed so much in my heart. And some of the things that he was saying, I know you need to write down and keep in your journal. Please go back over that message. We're now going to give it to uh, Nancy. She's going to share some things with you. I know that you had asked for help with the adopted block because I hear that you're struggling.